Thank you, Lord. All righty, that was good. It was, wasn't it? It was good, wasn't it, Jeff? Yeah, that was good. I want to do that again. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I think uh, I heard last week was really great uh, with uh, Camp Morley. I had put, yeah, come on. So, thank you, Lord, for the Camp Morley people. Everybody, I didn't get a chance to thank you, but thank you. Uh, and also for all the VBS people. Yeah. Amen. And, you know, the women go to Von Clark and, yeah. you know, where the water tastes normal and it actually works. <laughs> we went somewhere the water didn't taste good and didn't work. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Okay, thank you, Lord. So, I'm going to read this scripture here to you. I think the last time I uh, preached, I'm doing, this is a continuation. If you wasn't here, you can, I'll, just, I'll fill you in a little bit. But let me read this, these uh, beautiful verses from Luke 10, 38 through 42, which I don't really think I gave them that. Or did I? I did, okay. Uh, this is the story of Mary and Martha. It says, it happened as they went that he, being Jesus, entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. A certain woman named Martha. Isn't that beautiful how the scripture brings her out and how she welcomed the Lord? And I just want to encourage you to to have that kind of heart to welcome the Lord into your house, uh, your your spiritual house and your, your house that you live in. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? How many people have ever asked the Lord if he didn't care about something that was going on in your life? Don't you care this is happening? I mean, or if you haven't asked him, you probably felt it. Uh, or you're probably, not, you're probably just dead then if you haven't had that. <laughs> Nothing's ever happened in your life. Therefore, tell her to help me. That's sort of a a manipulative prayer, isn't it? Tell her to help me, you know, trying to get God to do something with somebody else and to help you. I think there's something wrong with that, okay? I'm sure y'all have never prayed that way. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you're worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. So, uh... This is what happened to me in 1997. Now, this is important. People, there's people who've had words from the Lord that are old words. Like, this is an old word. Uh, old prophecies and things that I believe God is bringing about now. Okay? God is bringing some old words, some old promises, or even some old things about what's going to be happening up, And so I think this is an important time for us, okay? And I think if you would be uh, wise to listen to the Holy Spirit and see if there's something that He might want to say to you that He's spoken to you in the past about. And like for, for me, I wasn't thinking about this for a long time, uh, and the Lord began to speak to me about it. Anyways, what happened to me on 1997 on Christmas morning at 5.45 a.m., I woke up from this, this dream. And in the dream, 
uh, I had my Bible. In the dream, I opened my Bible and I opened it to a green page in the Bible. And it was like a Christmas card. That's what it looked like. And it was written in gold, the story of Mary and Martha. And then the, the scriptures were, and then there was points given from that story. And I, in the dream, I read them. And, and as soon as I finished reading that, I woke up. And I was amazed at the dream. And I was amazed at the revelation. It was the things I was reading. And I opened up my Bible to kind of hoping there was that green page in it. But obviously, it was just a regular old white page with black writing on it. And so I laid back down and was just laying there thinking about it, you know, about what was written and just sort of savoring that moment. And next thing I know, my kids were a couple hours later, get up, Dad, it's time to open Christmas presents. And I woke up and like, remember the dream? And like, couldn't remember any of the points. You know, like, oh, God. And I was thinking, you are so dumb. What is wrong with you? Have y'all ever did something like that? God spoke to you. And then you can't remember any of it. You know what I'm talking about? Like you, It was like God Almighty spoke to you. And the next thing you know, you done forgot it. You know? Like I couldn't tell you what he said. And anyways, that was sort of my point. But I knew somehow instinctively the Holy Spirit would remind me of that when the time came. And so recently I was reading, just happened to be reading this, and all of a sudden God started speaking to me and reminded me of that dream. And, he get, and I started getting these points. There were at least three of them in there that, that was written down on that, in that dream. And the Lord gave me the, the I shared that last time, uh, point number one, if you were not here, is uh, passion plus favor plus wisdom equals success. Martha had a lot of passion, right? She had a lot of passion about serving. She had a just, just burning thing in her to serve. And she had a lot of favor on her life because she had Jesus sitting in her house. That's kind of big time favor, right? But what she didn't have was wisdom. She didn't have the wisdom to be able to do what she needed to do. The Bible tells us that wisdom is actually a power. She didn't have the power of wisdom working on her behalf. And even though she had an amazing... And, and so I just want to encourage you, if you're a very passionate person, because I know a lot of passionate people with favor on them, but I'm not seeing success in their life. Okay? I'm not seeing success that they should be having because they lack wisdom. And so because she lacked wisdom, she was not able to really do the thing that was in her heart to do, is that was to serve the Lord. And so, you know, just being passionate and just having favor won't get you there. The Bible says that Jesus grew in favor and wisdom. If Jesus needed to grow in favor and wisdom, you and I need to grow in that. And we all need to grow in some wisdom right now for the time we live in. And I believe wisdom is really important now for what we're trying to do, for what God has called us to walk into in the future. Just your passion and even just the favor of God on your life will not get you there. That's the story. That's what I see. So, amen to that. That's good, isn't it? I hope you get some wisdom. Ask for it. The next thing I want this morning, what I wanted to talk to you about is is, uh, the power of purpose. Everybody say the power of purpose. So, I want to just share a little bit about purpose. I think most people have a good grasp on purpose, but not probably in their hearts as much as they should be. And then I'll kind of relate it back to the this, this story, okay? 
First of all, we need to know that Jesus had purpose in his life. Okay, he's the example. I want to read this John 12, 27 through 28. He said, My soul was troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for what? This purpose I came to this hour. For this purpose I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven saying, I have glorified it and will glorify it again. So Jesus was a person in his life that was full of purpose. He had this purpose. He knew what he was doing. He knew what he was, where he was headed in life. Okay? He had that instilled into his heart. And so uh, the question, if I were thinking, if I were you, uh, I would be asking the question, really, what is purpose? Have you ever just thought, what is purpose? Well, purpose has, these are some of my thoughts on it. Purpose has something to do with who you are. It has something to do with your identity, okay? And, and has something to do with why you're here on the earth. That's what purpose has to do. So purpose is all tied up in why God put you here and who God made you. So in one sense, you can never really discover your purpose without discovering who you are. Okay? And so that's why it's so important for people to really begin to understand who their, who their true self is. There's a lot of Christians that seem to struggle with life. They can never seem to overcome things, and they've gone through so many uh, times of... Inner healing, maybe, which is awesome. Like Sozo, they've been, you know, Sozo to death. You know, like 40 different ways of Sozo. Then they went through deliverance to get rid of all their demonic things that are all over them. You know, demons do attach to people, right? Y'all know that. They're what I call Velcro demons. They just get on you. Oh, this is demon. <laughs> you know, you got to get them off of you. Every once in a while, everybody needs to get free from the demonic influences, demonic strongholds in our thing. So you go through all this, but you're still messed up. You still, it's like your life doesn't still work. And there's this thing in you where you feel like you're just going through life and it doesn't feel like things are really lining up the, the way you would like for them to line up. It just, it's like life just doesn't really work that well for you. And everything you're trying to do, it doesn't seem to work well for you. And that's a person who really probably needs to find out about their purpose in life. That they're, they're, they're going after a purpose that's really not, not really given to them from God. Because God created everybody for a purpose. You know, here's a good example. This thing right here, uh, this podium, was made... Its purpose is to be a podium. To set stuff on for people to stand behind and speak. It doesn't make a very good chair because it wasn't made to be a chair. And so when you begin to discover your purpose, you begin to discover why you're here. Okay? And you quit trying to be something that you're not. And you quit trying to do things that you're not supposed to do. Now that's really important, because that's really how you get your life in a line with what, how, who God created you to be and what He created you to do. And see, until we begin to do that, our life is really not going to work that well. Okay? Uh, another thing that happens with people is a lot of times people have a really small purpose. They look at their life, and their purpose is so little that their life is little. And God didn't create them to have this little life. 
Okay? So I think it's really uh, important. One of the things that, that I've struggled with in my life is, is, Becky will tell you, I'm a big dreamer. I'm not talking about just night dreams. I'm talking about, about my life. I always have these dreams about my life. I have these dreams about things I want, want to do. And so I'm a dreamer of the best kind and of the worst kind. But what I have found out is what purpose does, when you have purposes, it gives you the reason to get up in the morning. It gives you the, 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 the wherewithal within you to overcome the things that's going to stop you from fulfilling your dreams. It's going to help you when you fail and when your dreams become shattered. When you have a real purpose, you can get up the next day and still press through the disappointment and the hurt and the pain of loss in your life. People who don't really have real purpose when, when their dreams fail, when their, when their visions fail, if they don't have a purpose pushing them, they'll just give up. And they don't really have this reason to live any, anymore. They, they've lost their reason for living. And so they become very lukewarm and kind of dead Christians. That's why the Bible talks about old men dreaming dreams. When, as you get to be an older man, is God is saying, I still have purpose for you in your life. I didn't call you to just retire and sit down somewhere. I, I called you to live a full life. Are y'all, are y'all connecting with this? So purpose really gives us the, the drive to fulfill those dreams that God gives us. And, and you're going to need, if you have dreams of things you would like to do, you're going to need real purpose from God or you will not be able to do that because God has determined that purpose is the thing that drives you, causes you to be able to get up in the morning and go after things day after day, week after week, year after year. So the question is, does that make sense? How do we discover our purpose? That would be a, another good question, right? How do you discover purpose then? Because, you know, we all, if, if, if purpose is, is that important, if purpose can have that much impact on my life, how do I find my purpose? That should be a question you should be asking this morning, especially if you don't know what your purpose is. You should be saying, well, tell me how to find my purpose because I don't want to just hear about what it is. I want to have it. I want to embrace the purpose. I want to embrace the reason God has put me here for. Well, let me read John 17, 3. It says this, And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. So the only way to know your purpose is to experience and walk closely with the God who created you and created your purpose. So as a believer, here's the, here's the worst thing you can do as a, a believer, is go looking for your purpose. Now that's really a mistake that people make all the time. It's like you're asking the wrong question in one sense. See, the only way you're going to get to know your purpose is to get to know God. See, in knowing God and having a relationship with God, purpose manifests in your life. That's the way God created. He didn't create us to be a seeker of purpose. He created us to be a seeker of Him. Now, that word know there is not intellectual knowing. It's intimate knowing. Okay? It's, it's knowing like on an intimate, personal, experiential level. And that's how God wants us to find our purpose is by knowing Him on an intimate, personal, experiential level. Let me just tell you this little thing. I was thinking about this recently, okay? When Becky and I got married, uh, the pastor gave us this book. The name of the book was The Act of Marriage, 
and it was about marital intimacy. And uh, so he told us to read this book because it has all this information in there about marital intimacy. Well, you know what that's about, right? If you don't, talk to your mama. <laughs> well, actually, they put a, a, a new version of that book out, and we give it to people like, like a week before you get married here, read it. Don't, no, don't give it to them before, right? Uh, I heard, uh, <laughs> I heard, what's the guy who got killed in the airplane? Miles Monroe saying about getting married. He said, I now know why God didn't want man to have intimacy before they got married because once you open that door, you know, that door is open. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Anyways, I was thinking about this. I was thinking about this. This is about knowing. I was thinking, well, I could have took that book. Say, say, let's just pretend for a minute that I was a really good communicator. Okay, and I could really explain things well, you know, and, and make things make sense. And just, so I could take that book and read it and study it and outline the book and develop a series of seminars to invite people to come to talk to them about the act of marriage, okay, and tell them all about what this book teaches. And no doubt people would be helped, okay, but say that. Even though I could teach it real well, I had never experienced marital intimacy. And see, that's the thing. People may be helped, but there's a big difference between a guy who can teach something and teach it right that may help some people than a guy who's actually experienced it. And then he can talk about it. Are y'all following me? This line of thinking. Y'all looking all serious at me. And so, have you ever read stuff that, well, that just sounds really right. And, but somewhere there was something missing in it. You know what was missing? It wasn't personal. It wasn't intimate to that person. They had taken something they had learned and they recommunicated it in some way. But as far as it really being a reality in their life, it wasn't a reality in their life. It's like a, you know, going to Harvard Business School and going and getting your degree, a master's degree in business, but unfortunately the guy teaching it has never done a bit of business a day in his life. He's just spent all his life in academia. And he could tell you all this theories and stuff, but he can't tell you what it's really like to do business. He can't tell you what the day in and day out is like. And say, which one would you rather have teaching you? You'd really have that guy who's grounded out and had failures and faced it and dealt with it and, and dealt with realities versus a person who had a lot of theory and thoughts that may be true and could be helpful, but at the end of the day, I would rather have the guy who really knows it, who's lived it. And see, that's what God's called us to do. That's, that's how we begin to discover our purpose as we live this life of intimacy with the Lord, and as we get close to Him, God begins to reveal things to us and begins to prepare us and begins to release this thing called purpose into our life. And you see, that was what you saw, the difference between Mary and Martha. Martha was driving ahead with a true calling, okay, but she didn't have this experience of really learning what a real servant was, okay? Because the, the greatest servant that ever came on the earth was sitting in her house. And she was busting her chops trying to serve him. 
where she and her sister was there learning what being a real servant was all about. Are y'all following this? And see, that's really where we begin to really discover what our purpose is really like, is really by being with the Lord and by having a relationship with Him, having this experience with Him. And I think that's really, really key, you know, for us today. Now, let me just tell you this other little thing about uh, purpose. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get y'all somewhere. Are y'all good? Remember when Larry Randolph was here a few months ago? Seemed like forever, back in May. He, taught, he gave a message about the law of serendipity. Do y'all remember that? The law of serendipity. It was like, <laughs> go listen to it if you didn't. Well, I wasn't here. Go listen to it again. Uh, this, is, this is the thing I learned about uh, purpose. To live a life of purpose does not mean you barrel headlong through life so intensely that you actually miss the life that God has called you to live by trying to get, to get that life. Right, Becky? See, that was, if, if I ever had a fault in me, <laughs> that was a fault. You could get so focused on a purpose that you become enslaved to it. You're, you're driven by it. And you don't, and your days are passing you by. Your life is passing you by. And God is doing things all around you, but you don't have time for God to do things around you because you're so driven by this thing called purpose, you know, that you don't have time for God to come and interrupt your life with something really cool and sweet and nice that can make a difference in your life. Hey, I'm talking to myself, man. I lived my life so long for that. And I, I, it's like I would, I would have all these goals to get to my purpose and I would reach a goal, and I'd be happy for about 30 minutes. And then I would think about the next goal, because I don't have time to sit around here and mess around for all this other foolishness, because i got to get to this next thing, because i got this purpose i got to fulfill. i got this life i got to live. i got to do this thing. And I was missing life as it was just blowing by me. And one day I woke up and turned around and looked, and where did my life go? I've thrown my life away living for something out there, and it was really right here with me all the time. And see, that, so we have to be careful when we talk about purpose and pursuing purpose that we don't let it become the all-consuming thing. Here's this amazing story I read. How many people know about uh, a man named Sam, uh, Bill Bowerman? Bill Bowerman in the 1970s was the track coach at the University of Oregon. Okay? And Mr. Bowerman was trying to develop a shoe a running shoe for his runners because he felt like the shoes they had back in those days, and believe me, those shoes were kind of crummy. If you over, like, dang, you going to have any feet left after running on them things? Uh, so he was working on this idea of developing a shoe for his runners. And uh, one morning, his wife made him waffles. And all of a sudden, he had this thought of rubber being put on a waffle iron. And that was the beginning of a shoe company called Nike. See, he caught in a moment. He was so, that was, that was a serendipitous moment. How sometimes when we're going out, see, he had this purpose to build this shoe. He wasn't trying to build a company. He was trying to make a shoe for his runners. See what I'm saying? And he, was, he, was a, he wasn't, he was living in the moment. 
That's what he was doing. He was living in the moment. And see, a lot of Christians don't live in the moment because we're so goal-oriented, we're so purpose-oriented, we're so focused on what we're going to do. We're missing what's happening right here in this very moment. And that's how he caught this dream, which became Nike. And the guy, uh, the other guy who actually was with him in it, his last name was Knight, who recently retired. This guy died in 1999. He was older. The guy, other guy who went to business with him was one of his runners. It's a pretty fascinating story. You know, let me read a couple of things that Larry said about serendipity. Serendipity is defined as the accidental, accidental discovery of something joyous and wonderful. We will be better served by not trying to plan our destiny. It is more graceful life to open our hearts to the unexpected. That will get us to our destiny much easier and quicker. Stop trying to keep the doors open. Obey God in the little things and learn to sing in the dark and you will experience those serendipitous serendipitous moments that God has planned for you. Now I think that's really, when we talk about purpose, I think we had to keep that in mind that that's a part of the, of the what, if you want to call it a purpose-driven life, is living in the serendipity, living in the moment, being open in the moment for God to speak to you unexpectedly and in unusual ways. And you begin to discover what your real purpose really is in that moment. That guy discovered his real purpose was not just to make a shoe for his guys, to make a, but to make a shoe for the millions of runners For the millions of runners that needed a shoe to run in. I think that's pretty powerful. So I wanted to go back to that dream and, and tell you, talk about me just for a second, okay? Uh, when I had the dream, I was been pastoring a church for two years approximately. Uh, and I wasn't doing very well, okay? I, I, really, I really wasn't doing well at all. Um, I definitely had no wisdom. And if you'd asked me then, did, did I have favor? I thought, no, nah, there's no favor on me. You know? <laughs> I mean, uh, you know. And so I was, I was like Martha, I was really frustrated uh, about the way things were not going for me in my life. That's, that's how I felt. I was frustrated about everything that wasn't happening. And I was so frustrated about everything that wasn't happening, I was missing what was happening. And see, I think that's how a lot of people live their life. We're frustrated about why God is not doing what we want Him to do, and we're missing the very things He is doing. You know, Martha was very frustrated about what wasn't happening, but here was the crazy thing. She had Jesus right there. She had God sitting there, and she was missing it. Because she was frustrated because her ministry, her service wasn't working. It wasn't going well. But how could it go any better? I mean, she had hit her peak at that moment. It didn't get any better than that. Well, here's what my purpose was in those days. This is a sad purpose. My purpose was this. I wanted to be a successful pastor. That was my purpose. That's insane. That's your purpose in life? You want to be a successful pastor? That's like saying, I want to be a successful businessman. That's an insane. That's, that's a poor purpose. That's a really poor purpose. That's not a God purpose. I want to be a successful prophet. That's, a, that's not a God purpose. 
That's not how God thinks. That's not how God operates. One day I was driving down the road, and this is what the Lord said to me. The Holy Spirit spoke to my mind and said this. You live in a small world. That's what he said to me. You live in a small world. You have a small, you live in a small world, you have a small purpose. That's why you're that's why you're not doing well. Because your purpose is all about you. Your purpose is about you being successful. About what you do. And that's what Mary was, I mean Martha was. Her purpose that day was to have a great meal for Jesus. Well, that was a great thing, right? But that's not a good purpose because at the end of the day, it was about her. It's about what she did, how she succeeded. You know, a better purpose as a business person, like I want to be a successful business person because there's a thousand orphans in a third world country that I want to help parent. I want to help feed them. I want to help clothe them. I want to help educate them. So I want God to make me a millionaire so I can do that. That's a purpose from heaven. You see what I'm saying? And so I had to learn from God about what my real purpose was because he was basically telling me that that is not your purpose in life is to be a successful pastor. That's not what I called you to do. And I had, he had to teach me what my real purpose was. And once I began to discover what my real purpose was, a lot of the frustrations, not all of it, because now I have new sets of frustrations, but a lot of that frustrations... <laughs> went away, started going away in my life. And I quit, I'll, I'll tell you another thing, I quit being angry at everybody else. I quit blaming everybody else for why I wasn't being successful. One day I was driving, another time, like, it's like God likes to talk to me when I drive, okay? I was driving down the road one day. I can tell you exactly where I was at when God spoke these things to me. That's just how it works. But I was driving down the road, and here's what the Lord said to me. When are you going to quit blaming your parents for what's going on in your life? When are you going to quit blaming your parents? Because I was all about what my parents didn't do for me and how much I had to just grind it out in life, you know, because I was working from a hole. And you know what I told the Lord? Well, I guess right now. (laughs) I mean, I think that's the right answer. I'm stopping blaming them now, you know, because they're not to be blamed. And you could put anybody else in there. When are you going to stop blaming your spouse for, when are you going to stop blaming your boss for, when are you going to stop blaming the church for, okay, when are you going to stop blaming your neighbor for, I mean, all that stuff, you see, all of that, so when you have a petty purpose, that's what I had, I had a petty purpose, a petty purpose leads to a petty life, that's what it leads to, pettiness, that's what I was, I was petty, that's that's what I was. I was petty. Martha was petty. That was petty what she was doing. She's not helping me. Make her help me. That's petty. She's not helping me be successful. Make her help me be successful. And actually, people who know the Greeks say that her position that she took when she spoke to Jesus is she took an aggressive position with him. She wasn't entreating him. It says in the Greek, the language in the Greek says that she stood over him. And in a demanding way, don't you care that she's not helping me be successful? That's pretty interesting. Isn't it? See, the Lord was just telling me all this stuff about me. 
Because that was me. That was me. I had a petty purpose. I had a petty dream. It was all about me. About me being successful. About me doing good. It really wasn't about the dream of God's heart. Which is so much bigger than me. So much bigger than any one person. All of us together. And I think really God really wants to call people. He's... Here's a good statement for people. Just desiring to fulfill your calling is not enough. Just desiring to fulfill your calling is not enough. It's just not enough. That's, that's poor. That's poor. If all you want to do is fulfill your calling. I want to fulfill my calling because of those orphans. I want to fulfill my calling because of those children that are being you know, abused. I want to fulfill my callings. Because those people need revelation from God. It's, it goes way beyond you. Here's a, a powerful uh, verse, uh, Proverbs. Are you okay? Y- y'all looking like you're not liking this. Uh, Proverbs eleven twenty eight from the Message Bible. A life devoted to things is a dead life. A God-shaped life is a flourishing tree. That's pretty good, isn't it? A dead life. If your dreams, if your vision, if your purpose is devoted to just what you do, you have a dead life. It's just a dead life. You're not going to go nowhere. Oh, God, let me just tell you this. I can remember clearly on Monday mornings after another dead life ministry that I did being on my lawnmower miserable calculating ways of escape calculating ways of escape from this petty little life that I was living that's how it made me feel it made me want to run away because everything was so petty. It was all about me. But when I began to discover God's purposes for my life, things started looking different for me. Life started looking different for me. Suddenly I started seeing God in a different way and seeing God around me in different ways. And see, that's really what God's calling people to. I'll tell you something. I'll tell you this. We have a generation of young people who have full of passion and fire they need some people to really give them something that goes beyond themselves. Not just them going out and having an adventure and enjoying this adventure. It's way more than that. It's way more than that. And we need, we need shepherds. We need people with shepherds' hearts that really have the same burning in them that it's not just about this little thing, this little petty thing, this little thing you want to do. Oh, let me make my little CD or oh, let me make my little preaching service, uh, whatever, series. <laughs> so people will look at me or let me go and do my little trip somewhere so I'll come away happy. So we need, we need shepherds that can really instill something in people that goes beyond that. Are y'all okay? Well, when you accepted Christ, you became somebody with significance. And that's the thing. But if you don't know you have significance, if you don't know that, you're going to try to get significance 
from the wrong thing. And so what you need to know this morning, when you, when you were born again, God made you significant. He made you with a significant purpose. And that's what I'm here to tell you. I waste a lot of years not knowing that God made me a significant per- per- person with a significant purpose. And every born again person is made that way. But if we don't know it, we're going to try to get significance out of everything else. And so what I wanted to tell you is ask God to give you, to reveal to you, you, that you're significant and that you have purpose. And the way He'll want to do that, more than likely, is tell you, first of all, who you are. I don't think I'm getting through to y'all, am I? Y'all looking bad at me like... I'm just telling you, this is what I believe was written on that green piece of paper. A life of purpose. A God-given purpose. Something that exceeds me. Something that's beyond me. There was a dream years ago a man had that really impacted my life. This is the dream. In the dream, he saw a slingshot. You know, the old the slingshots like that we used to make when we were kids. You know, you grabbed it and you put a... Here's the way we used to make them. We cut the tree. We'd have, you know, it's like a Y. We'd cut the tree with the limbs and have that Y, and we would take an old inner tube. Back when they had inner tubes in cars, I don't think they do that no more. <laughs> Tubeless tires ruined the slingshot business. We'd take the inner tube and we'd cut them, a little band, okay? And you could have a little thing there where you put your, your rock or whatever, you're going to shoot it, and you could shoot that thing. And don't shoot it at your sister is all I can say. (laughs) Because a sure whipping would follow. (laughs) I got a few of those. It didn't never stop me from shooting it at my sisters. but I made sure I didn't pull back too hard on them. But I wanted to hurt them a little bit. (laughs) But my daddy always seemed to hurt me a lot more than how they got hurt. I don't know. You're going to put their eyes out. That's what my mama would say. Yeah, you're getting a whipping. Yeah, she'd whip me. And when your daddy's going to come home, you get another one. That was a... And you get one whipping and you got to wait the rest of the day for your daddy to come home and whip you again. <laughs> and you're not sneaking off. <laughs> he didn't mess with my mom, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Anyways, in this dream, this guy saw this slingshot, saw a hand take this slingshot and fire this pellet like a bullet. And it slammed into its, to its target. Then he saw a man's hand and come and take the wide part of the slingshot and squeeze it together. And the opening was only that big. And he took and pulled back and shot again. And the rock went. And he said, when your vision becomes an eye, when it's about you, there's no power. I wish I'd have really gotten that message. It took me a long time to get it. So I think God is calling us to have a, a greater purpose than what we've had. I think everybody in this room, that God wants you to really think about your purpose. There's more to do in this world than they, when we first started this thing. There's more to do. There's more to do out there than there are in here. I'm really praying that God will raise up a generation of people who their cry for revival is not just a cry just to bless them. 
And I think we need to be blessed, but it has to go beyond that. It has to that it, beyond our blessing. It has to get bigger, a bigger vision, a bigger dream, a bigger purpose. Amen. Amen. All right, stand up. I'll pray for you right quick.